Hello everyone, this is Tim Dodd. Welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge podcast. Faithful to give witness to tens of thousands, yes, and to the millions that believe it. And believes in I believe that God's gladly lived a packet until all around the world it's been circulated. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Believer's Faith Challenge Report. Still in Ethiopia again, this is part two of a two-part podcast, as we uh, mentioned last week. We are still in Ethiopia. We are Brother Tim Dodd with Brother Andrew Dodd. We travel with him. We're just sitting together here, having a conversation about the meetings and what took place. In the first part, we hear a testimony of Brother Timeskan and how the Lord is dealing with him or dealt with him and his wife through supernatural uh, touch. I won't spoil the details as you hear it. And in the second part, we'll hear a little bit more about the meetings and Brother Andrew Dodd's perspective, having come into the country for the second time now, and what he describes as being an experience like walking in the book of Acts. Brother Tim Dodd. We are here in Hawassa in the last few hours before our flight out, just sitting on the balcony of the hotel. I'm here with Andrew Dodd, my son, who is also a minister of the gospel and has spent time here in Ethiopia with us in order to spread the gospel. And it's not his first trip to Ethiopia. I think he was with me in 2019 and maybe 2016. No, sorry, 2019. I think you were on your own, Andrew. So welcome, Andrew, and fill us in on your time in Ethiopia. Ethiopia has been a wonderful uh, place and experience to be, um, to see what the Lord's done here in Ethiopia, to see what he's done uh, for the believers here, for the church here, for the people of Ethiopia in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing them come alive with faith in the word of God. And, and uh, we know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and truly that's exactly what we see here is, is the truth is preached, the word is preached. As they receive the message of the hour, it opens their eyes and illuminates their, their faith. Amen. Now, you were here last in 2019? Yes, I was here. I was just in Addis Ababa in 2019, um, just with Brother Mogus. And we traveled around to some of the places, some of the believers' homes. I believe we spoke um, the Wednesday night at the church, Sunday morning. It was when the, when the church building was just in a little basement under a, uh, a few shops. And previous to that, you joined me. I remember you being with me here, I think when Brother Gurmay was baptized. Wasn't that correct? Yeah, I, was, I spent a lot of that trip actually trying to find an appropriate baptismal tank. And we ended up settling on a little kiddie swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Those were the beginnings yeah. of the work in Ethiopia. Amen. Now, you had an opportunity to come to Hawassa prior to the meetings and spend some time with the brothers. Give us your feedback of your moving around Hawassa, witnessing to people, uh, seeing what's going on in this town with the message. Yeah, it was. We I came a couple days earlier than uh, Brother Tim here. Um, to Hawassa in order to meet with the brothers and uh, do a little bit of seeing around the town, see what it's like. It's a very beautiful little tourism town here in Ethiopia. And uh, we traveled around a little bit using little uh, 
motorized rickshaws, and uh, which was my first experience doing that. But it's interesting when you get into a little taxi like that and you're able to just share the gospel with the, the driver, of course, myself through an interpreter, but being able to share the gospel and then being open to talk about the Lord and willing to come to meetings, even able to get their phone number and if we're meeting them in, in the future and you know things you, you don't see in many places in the world today are people that are hungry for the truth. Amen. You know, Hawassa, for people that don't know, is a very nice town. People love to live here. It's, it's a very nice location by a lake, but it's also a very religious town in a very religious country. And uh, so like Andrew says, people are open to talking about the Lord and the gospel and the word of God. I think you spent some time with Brother Ephraim. Yes, we had some, some fellowship together on uh, Wednesday uh, when I first arrived here. I said to meet with Brother Ephraim and a couple of uh, denominational ministers who had some questions about the message. Um, you know, really, <laughs> when Jesus says, take no thought what you should say, I'll be honest with you, I took a lot of thought of what I would say, but none of that thought came out. Um, what the Lord had in mind to speak to the brothers was different than what I had to, in mind to speak to them, and, and it was it was really good. I had an opportunity for an hour and a half to share the message straight out of the Bible, not not even from the message, just show them in the in the Word of God where you'll find William Branham, where you'll find the truth of of a message in our day and Elijah to come and restore all things and and the Lord was able to open it up to them in a way that really the only way it could be more clear would be through revelation. Amen. And that's what it takes is revelation for God to open their eyes to the reality of the Word of God. Brother Ephraim and Brother Tesfa are two young ministers that we just ordained this past weekend in Addis Ababa. They work here and minister to the people here in Hawassa and are doing a great job at spreading the message. And I think through them, Andrew, you also spent some time uh, witnessing to, was it Pentecostal preachers? Yeah, those are the two brothers that I was talking about. Okay. They were, one was a Pentecostal and one was a Foundations of Christ minister, which is interesting. The, the Pentecostal man speaks to approximately about 5,000 people. Um, is quite influential in that realm in Ethiopia and uh, the man that is a uh, Foundations of Christ he's, he's more of an overseer over the southern region of Ethiopia uh, both of them have seen the truth in the message um, but also have a lot of influence through their boards through the ministers they oversee that that they feel responsible for and they know upon receiving the truth of the hour, uh, you can't stay in denomination anymore. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You know, when men that are tied into their denominations with great influence, as you say, it's very, there's a very great cost for them to publicly embrace the message of the hour. They might be secret believers, maybe like Jairus was in the Bible, but God has a way of arranging events to bring their faith out of secret and into the public so we don't we don't uh, fret for them if they're real seed of God God's gonna make it happen 
Amen. I think you preached to the local group here on Thursday night? Yeah, Thursday night we had a service here, uh, which was, I'll say, a real mission service. <laughs> no sound system, just a few people in a tin building, and uh, but we had a real wonderful time in the presence of the Lord, and, and I believe He was very gracious to lay a bit of a, a foundation for the services we had on the weekend as well. Amen. Now, one of the testimonies I want to ask you about is a real wonderful testimony of Brother uh, Temeskin, is it? Yeah, uh, Temeskin and his wife. And uh, they had some issues uh, with the birth of a child, and uh, the Lord just uh, sovereignly uh, helped them and uh, healed the, one, the sister. Uh, why don't you tell the people about Brother Temeskin, who he is, what he does, and, and how God moved on their behalf. Amen. Brother Temeskin is a wonderful brother. I was able to spend a lot of Thursday with uh, just traveling around, walking around the town of Hawassa, actually, and fellowshipping, having lunch. And, and uh, he was actually the first Ethiopian convert in Hawassa. And uh, he was here when Brother Tim from Kenya was, was here um, working locally and, and spreading the gospel as much as he could. Um, and he was the choir director in his local denominational church, quite a large influential church, I'm told. I can't remember the name of it, but um, he was the choir director and his, his girlfriend at the time was in the choir as well. Um, he'd received a couple of message books and right away upon reading them recognized the truth of the message and of course wanted to meet with the brothers and had some questions regarding water baptism because his church had taught him you know there's one baptism you know quoting the scripture from Ephesians chapter 4 but we know that that's not what that scripture means it means there's only one true water baptism um, but upon realizing that he desired to be baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ his wife having actually found the message books that he was reading asked him what they were all about and uh, upon reading them herself she also became a believer and recognized the truth of it a um, couple things happened upon them realizing the truth of it first of all they both realized they needed to be baptized again secondly they realized that they needed to be married and uh, they right away uh, became married and and uh, began to attend the church that was currently in the home of Brother Tim. And he was, it's amazing to me how God always provides the gifts in the body. So right there in the first Ethiopian believer, you've got a, a wonderful song leader, does a wonderful job here still in the local church, and, uh, and a wife that can sing and be able to be a blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. And I think uh, naturally he's an engineer. Naturally speaking, he actually, yes, he has a diploma in law, oh, in and law. he okay. also has a, uh, a certificate in, as a barber, and he has a degree in civil engineering. Okay. Now, there's an there's a, uh, educated fellow, and uh, I've met him before, but I haven't had time to spend with him, and I'm so glad you got time to spend with him this time. But after they got married, they had some difficulties with the pregnancy yeah after they got married in in the natural course of time they got they became expecting and uh, 
after a few months they realized that she was experiencing some abdominal pain and some very uh, a lot of discomfort and uh, went into the doctor uh, upon diagnosing it they told them that her small intestine was twisted twisted over and uh, unable to pass through um, of course the doctors decided that the best uh, course of action would be to abort the child and take you know save the mother and and uh, save for the discomfort and they could always have children later but you know, something about faith when it's deposited in the heart of a real believer that didn't quite sit right with him and he said amen. well let me just pray about this first and amen this went on for several weeks and, and in those several weeks they'd had to do several uh procedures where they would insert a tube through her nose and all the way down into her intestine to provide some relief from the abdominal pain um but in this the the, the, the child got old enough as the weeks went by the the doctor said well we can we can actually take the child out via cesarean and then we can operate on her and, and fix the intestine and all will be well. Um, but our brother's face was our brother's faith was a little more stronger than that even. A little more robust. Amen. Just as a new believer in the work, but he trusted in the Lord. He's Amen. seen what God could do and you know he he just kept holding on. He told me that he said you know, the revelations of the Lord are wonderful to receive, but he realized right away they don't come without testing. Mm -hmm. They don't That's come true. without trying. And uh, in this, he realized this was more of a test than anything else. And so he just kept holding on to the Lord. He didn't accept the doctor's diagnosis a second time either or his, his remedy and decided that he would just wait on the Lord a little longer. But in due course of time, they ended up, she ended up going into labor at full term and uh, they had the baby naturally and the doctors realized as they began to do another scan excuse me as they did another uh, scan on her intestines that the intestines had unwound themselves upon delivery amen praise the lord praise be to god what a wonderful testimony of the grace and the power of the lord jesus christ now you have a unique perspective Andrew, not unlike my perspective in Ethiopia, in that you've been here a couple times before, so you've seen the growth of the message in Ethiopia, and you've been in meetings over the years in Ethiopia. So you can give us your perspective on how you've seen the message uh, and the believers grow here in this country, and your impressions of the meetings these past two weekends yeah sorry that's a big question let's start with give me your impressions uh of what you've seen of the growth of the brothers and the spread of the message in the country no i think i think i could probably sum it up in a statement to be honest with you um and that is i've said it to brother tim privately but walking and being with the brothers here in ethiopia feels a little bit like walking in the book of Acts to see the gospel go from just a few just a handful um, starting out the first time I was here we were baptizing um, it wasn't even the tenth believer in, in Ethiopia yet as far as Ethiopian believers and uh, to now there's hundreds um, of believers here in Ethiopia and not just that there's people coming to a church 
but people that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. People that love Him. People that love the Word more than anything else. People that are not here because a man came, but here because they've seen the truth of the Gospel of the Anointed Word in our day. And have come out of denomination, have come out of the world, have left previous ideas, have been set free from things too numerous to mention in a podcast. Um, and I know some have been mentioned in previous uh, episodes. But my overall feeling is that it's like walking back in Bible days to see the Holy Spirit go into a country that, you know, perhaps was the first to receive it back in the days of the disciples when Philip gave it to the Ethiopian eunuch and uh, he would have brought it back here but how it spread we don't know but now the end time gospel you know the hearts of the children turn back to the faith of the fathers the end time gospel has come back into here and you see what it's been doing in the people the maturity of the believers uh, the maturity of the ministry here as brother Tim has mentioned that there's you know we just ordained another two brothers in the ministry for Hawassa you know, making there be now five ordained ministers in in Ethiopia to preach this message of Malachi 4. Amen. And I, I think Ethiopia is a good example of what happens when the light of the... when God moves on in an age and the, the light uh, moves on and the people denominate around the glare of another age, it's a very religious country that looks back, like you say, to the Ethiopian eunuch back in the day of the Book of Acts, and the gospel was brought to Ethiopia and how it spread, and the country is a very Christian, albeit Orthodox country, and, and you can see how the, the power of the Holy Spirit, if the people don't move on in the light of God, just becomes uh, a form and a dog, dogma and a doctrine and the people are religious, but all they have is a form. And now we're in the last days and the message of this hour has come to Ethiopia. And like you mentioned about Brother Temeskin and in from his a choir leader from his church, a man that with an important position in that church of thousands of people, but he, he saw the light of the hour and realized this is what uh, this is what I need. This is God moving in our day. Like Brother Joseph, who we had on the last podcast and said that, you know, he was in a Pentecostal denomination, but the word came by his way. And, and that was what he was looking for, was the God of the book of Acts in our day. Amen. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I was talking with Brother Ephraim and we were looking at a, an Orthodox church that's been under construction for years and will be for years to come because he said they're waiting for stones to come that are holy stones. And it made me think on the inside though, you know, God is adding to the church stones, hmm. confessions, yeah. being built up a house for him Amen. in Ethiopia right now that aren't being shipped in, Right. but it's the word of God finding the good soil of the hearts of people. Amen. I believe God has many people in Ethiopia, and we see that there were hundreds at the meetings and gathered from hundreds of kilometers around uh, Ethiopia, as Brother Moses would say, and we'll maybe speak to him next, in that uh, it is a very 
very uh, vibrant move of God in the message of the hour in this country, and God is doing wonderful things. And we had meetings. It was good to see Andrew preach in both uh, Addis Ababa and, and Hawassa. I've got confidence in uh, Andrew's ministry, and thank God he's a blessing as a son. I thank God for him as a son. However, I especially am thankful to see God use him independently and uh, just move in his life and ministry. And the people said they were very blessed by the ministry. What was your uh, feeling now that we actually had meetings with hundreds of believers? That's a, in Ethiopia. That's quite a change from the old days. And I would just say, like, the, the burden here really is, you know, when Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest for the, the harvest is ready. And uh, Ethiopia is a country like that. They're, they're ready to receive the truth and really puts a burden on my heart, as I know it has on Brother Tim's, to, to be here to help as much as I can with the local brothers to allow them to spread the gospel both far and wide. Brother Mogus has said several times in the services that this message has gone now in, in book form to all four borders mm. of Ethiopia. It has been spread out, and we believe we're, we're going to be bursting at the seams, I'll say, in believers coming in from that. Well, I think we're already bursting at the seams in that we had an overflow crowd in Addis Ababa. Yeah, amen. And the Lord moved wonderfully. Amen. No, we had wonderful services. Um, Brother Tim spoke on on the weekend in Addis Ababa. He took three services. I, I just took the Saturday morning on uh, be still and stand still and see the glory of God. And really, God was moving in the services here in a very special way. Not just to, I'll say, minister the word, not just to preach, but to establish the people in confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's the one that's doing the work. It's not a man, and I can truly say that about Ethiopia. This is greater than what any man or any church could do. Amen. Any group or any organization can Amen. do. Amen. This has clearly been the work of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. from the start and continues to go on. Amen. Amen. Truly the meetings were wonderful. And the, one of the wonderful things is that four people were baptized. Uh, some came to the meetings to hear again and to be baptized. And, and some were convinced in those meetings that they needed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized in his name. So we thank God for the converts, but the converts are continually going on here in Ethiopia. And I think one of the things, Andrew, that you can confirm for the people is there's much needs here. This is a country that is ravished with, I'm sorry, ravaged with uh, inflation, due not, due not only to the current world conditions, but also to the fact that there has been wars in different regions here. And so the cost of things are going way up, I think, overall. While inflation is about 8% in North America, I think it's about 35% here. And uh, costs of things have gone up three, four, five, six-fold in, cer in certain cases. Some of the staples of life, like f fuel for the automobiles, coffee, which is a staple here, and uh, different things. So, uh, you know, we're trying to help the people, not in their day-to-day -day lives, but the costs of uh, translating 
publishing uh, of them to reach out into these communities, the costs of travel, all of those kind of things. Those are the things that we try and help the people with. And I think you can concur, Andrew, not only are the costs going up, but the need for the brothers like Brother Mogus to go out and establish the people in these different areas is a great need. Absolutely. I, I, would, I would affirm that, that, you know, but I, I would say it's amazing to me how God always provides. I was, I remember last time I was here, it was a great need for Brother Mogus to get a vehicle to spread the message in Ethiopia, to be able to take, you know, you can get on a bus here and, and travel, but it, it's not the same as what we would have in North America. Um, and to try and travel with several boxes is nigh unto impossible without your own vehicle. But now the message has gone to the four borders because God has provided a vehicle for him to be able to travel, to right. put books in, to take it there. But now we see, you know, uh, Satan is always working against the work of God. So in the ways he does it, gasoline has gone up fourfold. It's hard to drive. It's hard to travel now. But, you know, the Lord will provide, and I believe God will put it on the hearts of believers to supply uh, the funds needed to continue the work here. Um, that is, is very necessary, necessary, as both Brother Tim and I have said, we are bursting at the seams with believers, but when believers are coming in, um, eagles, in order for an eagle to mature, it needs food. Yeah. Amen. And so we need to get it, the message, not just in translation, and translation is important, but in publishing as well, in order to print the books and get them out to the people, all of that has costs associated with it, which is steadily climbing higher and higher here at an exponential rate. But we trust the Lord will provide. Amen. Amen. No, that's very true and uh, very well said. I think that uh, we had a meeting, just to share a little bit, we had a meeting with the translators this past week, and, and uh, they also concur with that. We've focused on translation for the last few years. Now it's time to focus on printing. We've got over 50 translations in, in two, the two major languages, which is Afanaromo and uh, also Amharic. And so now it's time to get those books into the hands of the people. They are available on the Message Hub mobile app, both of those languages, so people can actually download them, on, download the app on their phones, read any translation that they want. But really, for some of these remote areas and outreach for the people, you need the individual message books. And that's going to be our focus, printing them, shipping them, transporting them to the different regions in the country. So pray for us and uh, pray that the Lord will just uh, magnify his work here. As Andrew said, it's, it's definitely the hand of the Lord. It's not the work of a man. And we give the Lord Jesus Christ all the glory for that. So thank you, Andrew, today for spending a little bit of time with me talking about what's going on here. We appreciate it so much. No problem. God bless you. Well, there you have it. That was kind of the wrap-up to the meetings in Ethiopia. And just we just kind of sat and reflected upon what God had done in a very, um, I'll, I'll say almost a premature way. We just were so deeply touched and affected of all the testimonies we heard, all of the services that we had had being with the people, and uh, 
all of those things that had taken place. And so we ended up uh, probably just still in a bit of the anointing of the meetings and just felt blessed to be there. So I trust that for you as the listener that this has been an encouragement for you and a little bit of an eye-opener. We'll have one more podcast about Ethiopia, and uh, we pray that you'll just remember what's going on there. Pray for the saints over there, and until next time, shalom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Remember, friends, the bridegroom will not come until the bride has made herself ready. She must be both called and fully dressed by the Word of God. This was another episode of the Believer's Faith Challenge Report podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're interested in more podcasts and more content as it pertains to mission, please go to our website at BibleWay.org. That's BibleWay.org. And subscribe to our newsletter. We will make sure that we send you updates on a weekly basis of the works that the Lord is doing all over the world. Additionally, you can send us an email at info at bible-believers.org. That's info at bible-believers.org. And once again, we'd like to thank you for your support. This podcast would not be a success without you. Until next time, may God bless you.